Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole bennett Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Hi, Cara. Hi, Vanessa. We are super excited because this is our first of hopefully many what we're calling Now What episodes, which will be our second episode each week in which we respond to listener questions. And the Now What comes from the fact that so often we get listener questions presenting us with a problem, a challenge, something they're wondering about, and they say to us, now what? What should I do? This first Now What episode comes from a listener question that we got over our Instagram account via DM at the Puberty Podcast. And the listener writes us this. I have a five-year-old daughter who is tall for her age and always has been since the day she was born. But last school year, I noticed she had body odor. I saw her pediatrician about it and they said it was normal. She could use a mild deodorant when needed. Well, recently I've noticed she's developing some darker hair, quote, down there. It's hard to see with the naked eye, but I noticed it when the lighting in the bathroom hit just right and examined closer and there are for sure some darker hairs coming in. I am totally freaked out. Cara, we are so feeling this listener's question the worry and 
the wondering about how to handle it when something's going on with our kid and we don't know what the answer is. What is your advice for this person? I think our best approach here is to break down the science and then to go into how do you talk about it with your kid? So let's start with the science of what is happening when five-year-olds have body odor or a little bit of pubic hair. Some parents notice some facial hair, a little thickening of the mustache hair, right? What is happening? And we've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's complicated. It's confusing. So we're going to talk about it again now and again in the future, I promise you. And that is that there is a parallel path of physical development, not puberty per se. Puberty is sexual maturation, the path to sexual maturation in its narrowest definition. We, of course, use a much broader definition of puberty. Puberty is sort of everything related to that path. But technically, puberty is the path to sexual maturation. There is a second path that runs concurrent with puberty, and that's called adrenarchy. And adrenarchy gets its name from the adrenal glands that sit on top of the kidneys. Each person has two kidneys and each person has an adrenal gland sitting on top of each kidney. And those adrenal glands are very, very small, but very powerful. They have different layers and the different layers produce different hormones. And the hormones aren't necessarily sex hormones that you're thinking about when we talk about puberty. One hormone, for instance, that is produced in the adrenal glands is cortisol. It's actually a steroid, but cortisol. So when you have a stress response, your adrenal glands churn out the stress steroid cortisol. Well, another layer of the adrenal gland pumps out hormones that are called the adrenal androgens. Adrenal because that's where they come from and androgen because that's the structure, the chemical structure of the hormone. And if you dig back into your high school biology brain, you might remember that androgens are the family of hormones that contain testosterone. And they're actually close cousins of estrogen as well. So the androgens, they're kind of sex hormone adjacent, if you will, and they come out of the adrenal glands. And so when we see five and six-year-olds who have body odor or pubic hair, what we're seeing is physical evidence that the adrenal glands are starting to produce adrenal androgens because those hormones are the hormones that are responsible for going to the pore, the little pilosebaceous unit in the skin cells and saying, make more oil, make the sweat greasier and start growing a thicker hair coming out of that pore. And that is what we see as either hair appearing all over the body in different places or what we smell as body odor. And we've done a whole episode about why body odor smells, but we can certainly talk about that if you want to. So Cara, you said something at the beginning of that excellent and very illuminating description. Thank you. I feel like I now (laughs) have have many (laughs) masters in adrenal androgens. And no, I did not remember that from my biology class with Mr. Rue, even though he was an excellent biology teacher. Here's my question. If the adrenal androgens are being released and often the evidence of those androgens happens concurrently with signs of actual puberty, 
what should a parent think or investigate if those androgens are showing evidence of being released, but are their kids also in puberty if they're seeing evidence of the androgens? Right. So let me rephrase your question. If you... <laughs> My totally uneloquent question. <laughs> it's an excellent question, Vanessa. And I love your question, but I'm just going to rephrase it slightly. <laughs> I'm Welcome say... <laughs> to our relationship. I love what you said. I'm just going to restate it in a better way. <laughs> it's good. It goes both ways. Um, so here's what I think you're asking, which is if it's normal for the adrenal androgens to show themselves through body odor and pubic hair and greasy sweat during puberty, is it also normal for them to show themselves not during actual puberty, not when the breasts are growing, not when the testicles and penis are growing? Is it normal for that path to happen at a different time or should parents worry? And the answer is, yes, it's normal. Adrenal androgens are on their own clock by secreting themselves throughout the body, they are not telling the testicles to mature. They're not telling the ovaries to jump on board and start ovulating eggs. That's not their function. Their function is to grow extra hair, to change the oil concentration in certain sweat glands, and to sort of do these other adultifying things in the body that we think of sexually mature adults as hairy. By the way, we can have a whole episode on that because that's a myth. But um, it's a total myth because everyone related to me is hairy and many of them are not adults. (laughs) And also many of the adults remove their hair, but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Oh, yes. Well, then there's that too. There's that too. So, but we think of that as an adult feature to be hairy or to be smelly. We don't, you know, little kids don't smell. So we think of body odor as a pubescent and adultifying feature, but It's just because the path of adrenal androgen release has always been concurrent with the path of testosterone and estrogen release that we lump these things. And it's a myth because it it actually hasn't always been concurrent. I mean, I, I started practicing pediatrics. I saw my first pediatric patients in the late 90s. Let me tell you, this question existed in the late 90s. There have always been kids who get hairy or smelly way before puberty. But The second half of your question also needs to be answered. And this this half was implied, which is, well, how do you know? Or when do you need to get help? Mm -hmm. And so the very first answer that we always give, and I'm going to give right now, is when in doubt, check it out. When in doubt, call your pediatrician and go in and have the conversation and let them examine your child. Yes, you can do it by Zoom or by phone, but this is one where I think it's going to feel a lot better for everyone involved if you just go in and get a physical exam if possible and ask the questions because being reassured by a doctor, especially one who sees tons and tons of kids, is really helpful. Now, this listener didn't feel reassured. Right. Right. So what happens? What do you do? If either you don't feel comfortable with the answer you get, it's not satisfying or you're still worried or you, whatever the reason, what do you do next? Sure. There are a bunch of things you can do next. So the first thing you can do is you can seek a second opinion. And it's really appropriate to talk to more than one doctor sometimes to get extra eyes on the situation, extra brains in the mix. I'm not suggesting that you doctor hop for everything, but if you're really worried and your 
primary care doctor is not able to communicate with you in a way that's working for you, then it really, really behooves you to go and seek either another primary care opinion, depending upon where you live, you may not have access to specialists, or to go see a specialist. And in this case, it would be a pediatric endocrinologist. An endocrinologist is someone who specializes in hormones. Now, once you go to an endocrinologist, Vanessa, what do you think happens? Well, I imagine they have to run a lot of tests on your kid. And that, and that's right. I mean, they don't have to, but it's their wheelhouse to look at all the hormones, which means drawing blood. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the pat on the head reassurance after a physical exam doesn't feel like enough for a parent, but they get to the subspecialist and it freaks them out a little bit to have someone say, now we're going to draw five vials of blood and look at all the hormones. There is time here. You don't have to rush from generalist to specialist. And a lot of endocrinologists will be able to pick up where the pediatrician left off in terms of communication. Sometimes the pediatrician and the endocrinologist say all the same things, but when you hear it a second time from a second person, it's more understandable. And then you feel like, oh, okay, everything's fine. I will tell you, sometimes kids need their labs checked. Sometimes it's not just pubic hair. It's not just body odor. Sometimes there are breast buds or there is testicular growth. And good for you for going and getting it checked out. And don't be afraid of the labs. Don't be afraid of a blood draw. Your kid will forgive you. And, you know, if a doctor is telling you, check the blood, check the blood. Hey, it's Cara. We all know puberty isn't always easy. One of the trickiest pieces of the puberty puzzle is boobs. When will I get them? Why are they so tender? And why does every bra out there seem to pull, push, pad, itch, scratch, or be so flimsy it doesn't do a thing? That's where Umla comes in. It's a company that makes puberty comfortable, a company I founded with my friend Julie. When our own daughters began the puberty journey, we couldn't find a decent starter bra anywhere. So we made one. It fits perfectly whether boobs are just starting to bud or they've been growing for a few years. We call it the Umbra. And it's game-changing. The Umbra is made from buttery cotton that feels like second skin, ridiculously soft and so comfortable you'll forget you're wearing anything at all. Umbra's one-of-a-kind support comes from its patented layered design that creates gentle compression without any tight binding, which also means it doesn't need any bulky, awkward pads because it's built to seamlessly hide nipples and protect against those dreaded ouch moments throughout the day. Our daughters and their friends are done with puberty, but they still love and wear their umbras. It's why we say that the umbra may be your first bra, but it will definitely be your favorite bra. Come say hi, look around, and find your umbra, plus lots of other puberty info, at myoomla.com. That's M-Y-O-O-M-L-A dot com. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling 
better rested, I'm less cranky, and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie Horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. 
Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. So Cara, two questions. One, if there is evidence of bread buds or larger breast, penis. Breast buds. What did I call them? Bread <laughs> buds? Them bre- bread buds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I need to go have a bagel. If there is evidence of breast buds or larger testicles, penis, in addition to these other signs, then what is that called? And, you know, is there evidence of something larger going on? So I love when you tee up a question that you know the answer to. Vanessa, what's it called? (laughs) Oh, okay. I guess you can come to me for scientific information. So I think that's called precocious puberty. Yes, you're right. At what age is it considered precocious puberty? Like if you're seeing pubic hair and smelling body odor and seeing breast buds in a seven-year-old female, is that precocious puberty? Right. So precocious just meaning it's happening earlier than we expect it to. And then puberty being the path through sexual maturation in its most limited form, right? So that's where we would see breast budding in a young genetic female, and we would see testicular and penile growth in a young genetic male. And it really depends upon a number of factors, whether it falls into precocious. But today, most doctors would not call breast budding in a seven-year-old precocious puberty. It would not raise flags and sound alarm bells, especially among Black girls. The average age of breast budding is younger for Black girls. Then next come Hispanic girls, next come white girls, almost no data on anyone else, which is absurd. But the reality of the situation is that seven now is generally an acceptable lower limit. It doesn't mean it's any less stressful for parents to see a seven-year-old having breast buds, but it is part of the normal scheme of things. Two big asterisk comments on that one. The first is they may just have buds and then hold with breast buds and then progress through breast growth much later on. In fact, I've seen breast buds appear and then do what's called involute, which is they kind of disappear and then they appear again. So that's one big caveat. Another is we do need to talk about weight in the context of all of this because, and this is where the science gets a teeny bit confusing. So just roll with me here. But when you carry extra body weight, and you have more fat cells. Those fat cells do a number of things in your body. One function that they serve is to store extra energy for a rainy day. So if you ever need energy, you can draw the energy off of those fat cells. Another thing fat cells do is that they actually convert hormones from one form to another. And particularly, they convert the adrenal androgens, which you may know of by their their street names, um, D-H-E-A and D-H-E-A-S. And I'm not going to say what D-H-E-A stands for because I'm not going to be able to pronounce it. But the one with the S on the end is just the same exact molecule with a sulfur added to it. These are some of the adrenal androgens that come out of the adrenal glands. And they famously are able to convert themselves in fat cells into active sex hormones like testosterone. And so there is this dance that happens in the body of people who are carrying 
more fat cells where they actually have, once their adrenals kick in and once the DHEA and the DHEAS are being secreted into the body, they actually have higher levels of some of the sex hormones like testosterone or estrogen. And that may be tipping kids into puberty. In other words, and there's a lot of research going on about this, but in other words, it's possible that in some subset of kids, having the adrenal androgens start to work younger then becomes a catalyzing phenomenon, which then tells the body, oh, hey, there's testosterone around here. You should really kick into gear and start growing those testicles and producing more and more and more of it. Is that confusing? It's not confusing, but it does add a wrinkle to the advice, which is we're not actually sure if they're two separate processes. And we're not actually sure whether the presence of adrenal androgens isn't something that could then tip a kid who's not already in puberty into puberty, which is all to say, and I know you will add a caveat to this. If you are concerned, go see a doctor. You do not have to worry and suffer in silence. You don't even need to let your kid know that you're worried. And I want to get to this part of it. But Car, did you want to add any science to that? Yeah, that the statement? last, I think the closing scientific note is that to this mom who wrote us this DM, I don't want you to worry that because we're saying, hey, there's a theoretical chance that being in early adrenarchy can tip you into early puberty. I don't want you to worry that that means it's a fait accompli and it's going to happen. Um, it's not what we're saying. What we're saying is if there are no signs of the maturation of the organs that are part of sexual reproduction, if there is no evidence of breast growth, if you don't see any shifts in the pelvis widening, the waist narrowing, like all these secondary sex characteristics go along with estrogen, then when a doctor does say to you, I see no evidence of puberty. And if you get that opinion from a generalist, if you go get a second opinion from a specialist and everyone's saying the same thing, you can listen to them. You know what else you can do? You can keep watching your kid. And if you start seeing those signs, go back. Cara, what do we say to kids or what can we say to kids when we're dealing with a medical issue that we are worried about, maybe really worried about, but we don't want to freak our kids out because they don't need to carry our stress but like we want to do something about it because we're concerned. So how do we manage that? So I'm going to give you the medical answer, but I would love to flip the question on you for the, how do you handle it at home, at school, in the social world? Because the same question applies there. So the medical answer, and this is sort of a general answer for any of these questions that come up. The medical answer is when a child points something out that they're worried about, there's one set of answers you can give them. I don't believe those answers should be, oh my God, let's run to so-and-so, unless it's an oh my God and you're going to the emergency room, right? And we've all been there, those things happen. But in this instance, if the child is noticing and the child is pointing out, I think a really appropriate answer is, wow, thank you for showing me, thank you for sharing. Either I know what's going on, here's what's happening in your body, or I actually don't know the answer to that. So we're going to call Dr. So-and-so or we're going to reach out to, 
you know, whomever, fill in the blank. I would not make that Google. I would not jump online because it, you'll just be terrified at the end of it with all of the lists and lists and lists of all the things that could possibly be going on. So the medical answer is that. The other piece of the medical answer is that when a kid doesn't notice, but a parent does, it really benefits us to keep our trap shut. And if we're going to the doctor about it, so let's say this five-year-old in the question has not noticed any of these changes, and it's just the parent who has noticed. The path through that is if you go to see a doctor, you can sidebar with the doctor before the visit. You can send them an email, you can call them, or you can just pull them out of the room for a minute before they see your kid, which is actually probably the most effective. And you just say, she's not noticing this. I am. So can you be sensitive to that when we have a conversation? I just want you to know she has not said anything. Because sometimes doctors will assume the kid is the one driving the visit and say something that freaks out the kid. And it's not intentional. So how, Vanessa, would you handle it on the other fronts? Well, there's always that lead up to going to the doctor where you have to explain to a kid like, what are you doing after school today? And you want to explain to them where you're going because you never, ever want to lie to a kid. And you want to preview for them just as you do what time you're picking them up for the bus or what you're having for dinner. You want to preview for them that you're going to go see the doctor, but you want to frame it in a way that doesn't feel stressful or worrying to them, particularly if they're not bringing it up and you're the only one who's seeing it. So it can sound something like, hey, we're going to go see the doctor today. You know, you're growing and I just wanted them to check you out an extra time this year or something like very casual, non-urgent and, you know, just acknowledge where you're going and give them a blanket, truthful reason for going. The second thing is you still need to manage your own concern and your own worry because bottling it up is no good for anyone. It's not good for you. We can't repress our worries and our stresses. And it's not good for your kid because when we repress stuff, it just comes out sideways and our kids pick it up and they know when we're stressed out. So find another adult. You'll be able to have a conversation with the healthcare provider, but find another adult to express your worries to. Your partner, a good friend, a relative, a therapist. Don't carry all that worry on your own. Please don't do it in front of your child and probably don't do it over text. A lot of us have texts that pop up, you know, on our screens when our phones are locked and we don't want our kids to accidentally see those texts on our phones, particularly if they can read. Or how about the shared devices and your texts are popping up on the iPad that they're doing Correct. whatever on? Correct. So find someone else to talk to you about it. Don't hold it all inside. Prepare your kid for a visit. Ask the doctor if they are deciding to draw blood to explain to your kid in an age-appropriate way what's going to happen. And maybe it might hurt a little bit, but it won't hurt forever. And doctors, Cara, as you can well attest, are trained in having these conversations with kids. They all have their own strategies and approaches so that kids feel more comfortable and more at ease. You don't have to manage every single part of this process. That's why you go see an expert. So I want to make one very last statement 
before we wrap. And that is that as someone who has been in the office taking care of kids and has put her foot in her mouth more than once, it's really important that you also give your pediatrician or any doctor that you see feedback when the communication style isn't working for you. And it's important for two reasons. First of all, it's important because it gives them a chance to take a do-over, which you know, we feel so strongly about. And doctors sometimes need a do-over with patients. They sometimes get the communication wrong. The other reason is there's no way that they will know they're communicating in an ineffective way if you don't share it. But just like there are ways to tell your kids information, there are ways to tell the healthcare providers in your life how you're feeling while still keeping the relationship alive because it's really easy to shut down that relationship. So in a case like this, where a parent is feeling frustrated by the advice they're getting, it's very reasonable to say to the doctor, the advice is hard for me to understand because this, this, and this. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling stuck. Can you help me? Yeah. And if you do want to go see a subspecialist, you are probably going to need a referral or at least some names of people. So keeping the relationship alive with the pediatrician or healthcare provider is really important. Ultimately, our job is to keep our kids healthy and safe. And we cannot do that without having the full amount of information possible. And that requires not just Googling it and not just staying up late at night worrying, but it requires finding the experts, getting the advice, getting second opinions if something is not sitting right. You have to trust your spidey sense when it comes to your kids because ultimately they're the most important thing in the world to you and you know them better than anyone else in the world. And so trust what your instincts are telling you. I love that advice. If you have any now what questions, please send them to us, thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. DM us on Instagram at thepubertypodcast. We would love to hear your questions. They tell us exactly what's going on in people's lives and how we can help. See you next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts or check out our Instagram at thepubertypodcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myoomla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.